Hi, this is Eli Nelson, and this is the My City Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. It is our prayer that this message will awaken you to come alive in the things of Christ. Enjoy the message. Jesus said in John chapter 11, when he, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, he said to the Father in heaven, he said, Father, I thank you that you hear me and that you always hear me. I want you to know today that the Lord hears you. God hears you when you cry out. He hears your prayers. It's close to the brokenhearted. He hears your prayers. How many of y'all thankful that we have a high priest in heaven who is not able to unsympathize with our weakness, but he hears us. We can touch him. We can come near his throne with confidence and boldness. He hears us. He hears us. I want you to know that God can hear you, and he chooses to hear you. In fact, I want you to, that's what we're going to be talking about today. I want you guys to throw the title on the screen. It says, I hear you. I hear you, and he will hear So this is what we're talking about today. God says, I will hear from heaven. Do you guys believe that God, although he's in heaven, he's still close and that his ear is still attentive to you today? Amen. We're going to continue in this this thought of winning where it matters in in the spiritual realm. And it's a a series on spiritual awareness. If you haven't been able to listen uh, over the past three weeks, I encourage you to check out the podcast Last week was phenomenal. I enjoyed sharing that message. If, you, if you're joining us this week and you haven't had the opportunity to listen to last week's, be sure to hear, I see a light in the land. Be sure to check out that podcast. It lays the foundation for what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, even just as I was back there, the Lord wants to speak to you. So just like his ear is attentive to your prayer, I want your ear to be attentive to his word. So we're going to pick up in Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to hand the Bible on my phone to my wife. And uh, Ephesians chapter 6 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Not here on earth, but in the heavenly realms. Say heavenly realms. It's a different dimension. It's not here. It's not what you see with your eyes. It's not flesh and blood. It's not the person on your right or the neighbor on your left. It's not your home. It's not your business. It's not your employer. It's not the government. It's not the state officials. It's not anything that we see with our natural eyes. It says our struggle is not against flesh and blood. So that tension that you encounter, that that tension that you experience on a daily basis is spiritual everything that we see with our human eyes has a spiritual spiritual motivation attached to it every agenda that we encounter has a spiritual motivation attached to it do not be ignorant of such battles that we face on a daily basis but there is light and there is darkness I encourage you to listen to last week's message because it lays the foundation, like I said, of today. And what Paul's talking about is that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces. So with that in mind, I want to pray for this message, and then uh, I'll have you 
take your seat in just a moment, and uh, we'll dive into Scripture. we got a lot of Scripture to cover today, so we're going to go right into it. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would speak to us today. God, I thank you for the opportunity to come into your presence and worship you. Come on, how many of y'all thankful to be able to enter the presence of the Lord and worship him this morning? God, we thank you, God, for your presence in this place. God, I pray that you would, you would find pleasure in our praise. Amen. God, I, pr- I thank you that you're here meeting with us right now. Would you study our hearts, speak to us today? God, we're ready for a word from you. So would you open our hearts to receive it, open our ears to hear it, open our eyes to see you today. God, I pray for anyone that is far from you today. I pray that they would find your goodness through this message and that the goodness of the Lord draws people to repentance and and a close heart with you. Right now, church, if you're hungry for the word of God, would you say these words after me? Open up your hands and say these words. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. We'll all put your hands together for the Word of God this morning. Come on. We're ready. As you can be seated, turn to your neighbor and say, He hears you. He hears you. I will hear from heaven, the Lord says. I will hear from heaven. Last week, we talked about principalities. We talked about uh, spiritual forces in this dark world. We talked about basically the spiritual battle that's going on each and every single day. We took passages from uh, Deuteronomy, also from Psalm chapter 82, and how God resides in a heavenly court over spiritual beings. It's not just God sitting up in heaven by himself, like we get sometimes of an image, God just by himself, but he actually has a spiritual court in heaven that he rules over. It's angels, it's, it's, principal, it's people that are over, uh, not people, but uh, spiritual beings that are over this world. And we talked about how God entrusted the nations to these principalities, but then they ruled wickedly. And and so now God established a people for himself that all nations, every tongue confess, every knee shall bow, that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the foundation of this message. And I told you this week that I was going to dive into kind of like this, okay, now we know that there's a light in the land and the church is supposed to be taking back the nations for the glory of God. There's also, uh, we cannot be ignorant to the spiritual battle that's going on around us. And I want you to know the part that you play, yes, is bringing the light to the land, but I also want to give you some practical steps on how we as a church, not just by gathering together, bring a light to the land, but also the power of our prayers and how that actually is a petition before the Lord. Just like he listens to the heavenly court on what is happening here on earth, can I tell you, he also listens to you. God listens to you. We pick up in Daniel chapter 10, verse 1. Open up your Bibles, and I can have them turn the house lights up just a little bit, because we're going to be reading through a lot of the scripture today. In Daniel, Daniel chapter 10, Daniel chapter 10, we're reading now the NIV. It says, at that time, Daniel got some hard news And it says that his heart kind of broke and it was troubled before the Lord. And it says, at that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no food, no wheat, meat, or wine touched my lips. What is this? This is the fast. Daniel has chosen to fast. This is where we get the Daniel fast from. So it's not just fruits and veggies, my friend. It's not... To say it's just fruits and veggies. And well, Daniel had like whole grain. And if you have processed grain, then that's not really a Daniel fast. No, he said, I ate no choice foods. <laughs> that's a Daniel fast. That's like I ate beets for three weeks straight. 
Y'all know me. I hate beets. I did a fruit, uh, a juice fast for a while, and uh, I got disgusted with beets. I cannot drink beet juice anymore. My wife says it's just in your head. No, it's in my mouth, and it's disgusting. He said, I ain't no, he, he went on fast for three weeks. He said, I no, used no lotions at all. Three weeks were over. He says, over the, on the 24th day of the first month, I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris. I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen. What's happening right now? Daniel has, is ha- having a vision. Can I tell you that it's possible for you to have a vision? Did you know that? You can desire to have visions. The Bible says that the old will dream dreams and the young will see visions in the latter days. God wants you to dream dreams. And God wants you to see visions. That is available for you. Daniel said, I had a, I had a vision. I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen, a belt of fine gold from Ephaz around the waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, and his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze. In his voice, like the sound of a multitude, he hasn't encountered a heavenly being. One of these spiritual forces that Paul describes, and evidently this is one that is on the Lord's side. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. Can I tell you that you will see things that won't always make sense to other people. And God will speak to you things that won't always make sense to other people. And that's okay. He says, then they went and they hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. What is this? He's lying on the ground. The power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God had touched him, and he's laying on the ground. Then I heard him speaking, and I listened to him. I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel... You who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued. This is the part I want you to get when we're talking about the spiritual realm and different forces that are over this world. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. When were they heard? On the first day. When did he show up? Arguably the 21st day. His words were heard. When? On the first day. But he did not get a response until three weeks later. The first day. Say the first day. The first day, what song is that? I can't remember that. Uh, it's it's, a, it's a, what is that? The Kane band that sings that song. I can't remember what song it is. I'll remember it for next service. Even on your best day, your worst day, that, that, that's, there it is. All right, hey. <laughs> the first day, the first day your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But, say but. But. That's a big but. That's a big but. I heard your prayer. It was heard, and I've come in response to them, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. What is this? This is a battle going on in the spiritual realm. 
resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. This is a principality. We're not talking about the king like an actual physical person. Every single kingdom in earth has a ruler, a spiritual ruler that is over it. And the people decide whether it is God, Yahweh, Jehovah, Yeshua. They decide whether it is God or if it is the God of this world. The different principalities, the different heavenly beings. There's a great book I would highly recommend. It's by Dr. Michael Heiser. It's called The Unseen Realm. It's where uh, I'm learning a lot about uh, what is going on in the heavenly realm. I encourage you to check it out. It's, it's not for the faint of heart. It's a scholarly book. I wish when I went to Bible college they would have given me books like that. They gave me great books. Don't get me wrong. I learned about a lot of great stuff. Uh, and I continue to learn. And I encourage you to continue to learn. Because as much as you think you know about God, you've merely scratched the surface. So have a hunger for the Lord and get into the word of God. Amen. Amen. He says, I was detained there with the king of Persia. This is a principality. This is a, a, a spiritual being. So he said, do you not know why I have come to you? Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. When I go, the prince of Greece will come. If anyone knows your history, you know that there was a few kingdoms that had uh, rulership over the known world. Persia, you know, the movie 300, you know, during that time, right? Like that, that was the, the kingdom of Persia. And then Greece came and ruled over the, the known world. Remember Alexander the Great? And then Rome ruled over the known world. All of those kingdoms had attached spiritual forces to them. They were overseeing them and resisting the will and the purposes of God from taking place within their dominion. And that's what we see right here. We see the kingdom of the, the prince of Persia resisting the kingdom of God from setting foot within that kingdom during that time. But one man decided to humble himself and pray. And the moment he prayed, the angels were dispatched in an answer to his prayer. But they were resisted by the principalities that were over the land. Can I tell you, God hears your prayers. He hears them the moment that you pray. But there is resistance. And that resistance is spiritual. That's what we see from this passage. He says, I'm going to leave. But then the, the prince of the, the kingdom of Persia is going to come. These are spiritual forces that resist the movement of the kingdom of of God. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you kind of a foundation of this spiritual, uh, I would say, th throne room that is happening right now before us. What is happening in heaven right now? God presides in the great assembly, the great assembly, the great throne room. We find this in Psalm chapter 82. We read about this last week. God presides right now still in this great throne room. Right now, Jesus is at his right hand. Jesus is at his right hand interceding on behalf of who? Us. He's interceding on behalf of us. There's a great throne room going around. And we pick this up in 1 Kings. I can't remember where it is. I changed notes here. 1 Kings chapter 22. We read about this great assembly that is happening. Basically, God has decided that this wicked king Ahab has to go. And so he's, he meets with his heavenly hosts. And we hear this through Micaiah, the prophet. He says, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on where? His throne. With all the multitude of heaven standing around him on his right and on his left. Then the Lord said, then the Lord said, then the Lord said, who? The Lord said, who? Who will entice Ahab into attacking Ramoth Galid and going to his death there? God had decided that Ahab, it's time for you to go. 
And now he's asking his heavenly court, who's going to do this? Who's going to figure this out? How can we put an end to this wicked king's reign? One suggested this. What is this? This is heavenly beings. They're petitioning before the Lord. It says one protest, uh, suggested this and another that. Finally, a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. By what means, the Lord asked. I will go out and be a deceiving spirit in the mouths of all of his prophets, he said. God, obviously knowing the heart of Ahab, weighed the, his heart and he knew that this would work. He, you will succeed in enticing him, said the Lord. Go and do it. So now, this is Micaiah talking, he says, so now the Lord has put a deceiving spirit in the mouths of all these prophets of yours. The Lord has decreed disaster for you. Basically, all of Ahab's prophets were saying, hey, Ahab, you can go to war, you'll succeed, you'll be fine. Hundreds of prophets Ahab had, but there was one prophet that was devoted to the Lord. This one prophet said, this is what the Lord has actually said. So all the other prophets were deceived. That's why it's important as a Christian that we ask for the the gift of the discerning of between spirits. It's important that we don't trust every spirit, every voice that we hear, but we weigh it against the word of God. We discern, is this God or is this a lying spirit that is tempting me, that is leading me away from the will of God? It's important to be able to have the distinguishing, uh, a discerning between the spirits because not every spirit is right. You cannot trust every spirit. You cannot trust every word spoken, every word felt. You cannot trust it. You got to weigh it against the word of God. That's why you got to be grounded in the word of God. I love how spiritual our church is. I love how hungry our church is to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit leading them and guiding them. Can I tell you, in addition to that, you also have to have a hunger for the word of God. Because every true spirit will line up with the word of God. And every lying spirit will have 99% truth and 1% lie. So it's important that you get it grounded in the word of God, but you're also sharing it with one another. This is called the school of prophets. The Bible kind of had, they weighed words with one another and they taught with one another and they shared, hey, I feel like God is sharing this with me. It's important to share everything that God speaks to you with another believer and even those that are in authority placed over you because they will be able to help lead you and help see, hey, I feel like this is actually a lying spirit trying to pull you away from the people of God, from the house of God, from the hunger for God, from the word from God, from a desire to worship him. It's important to be able to share those because we are easily led astray. That's the power of the church and the importance of community. Right, but this, is, this isn't to go in that. This is basically just to give you a groundwork, a foundation of this, this, this throne room debate that goes on on a regular basis. But can I tell you that even though God decrees something, even though God sees something potentially happening in the future, doesn't always mean it's going to happen. Just because something is decided in heaven doesn't mean that it will automatically take place. Just because there's a spirit in heaven saying, have this happen, Lord, have this happen, doesn't mean that it will always happen. We read this from 1 Samuel chapter 23. David is going to be overrun by Saul. David said, Lord, God of Israel, your servant, has heard definitively that Saul plans to come to Kilia and destroy the town on account of me. Basically, Saul's trying to kill David. And David found out about this. Will the citizens of Kila surrender me to him? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? Lord, God of Israel, tell your servant. What's he doing? He's praying to the Lord. He's asking the Lord. And what does God say? He will. He says, David, this is going to happen. Again, David asks, will the citizens of Kilah surrender me? 
and my men to Saul? And the Lord said, they will. So here God is saying, this is going to happen. David, I foresee this is going to happen. So David and his men, about 600 of them, left in number, left Kilah and kept moving from place to place. When Saul was told that David had escaped from Kilah, he did not go there. So here the Lord is saying, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. David changes direction, and then therefore, this does not happen. Can I tell you, just because it is petitioned in heaven, just because it is petitioned on earth, does not mean that it will happen. So there's a debate going on back and forth in this courtroom. It's happening every single day. Every single day, because we pick up in Job chapter 1, verse 6. It says, one day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord. It's one day. Well, we know that this happens on a regular basis because in Job chapter 2, verse 1, this is the exact same verse. I'm not taking anything from it. It's the same reading, different verses. Then we read again in Job chapter 2, verse 1. One day, this is again, the members of the heavenly court came again to present themselves before the Lord. And the accuser, Satan, came with them. This is the Satan figure. This is the accuser. Some scholars believe that is, is really just a, a heavenly being doing its job, going around and testing people, and making sure that their hearts are devoted to the Lord. Some believe it's actually the, the devil, Satan, coming before the Lord. It says Satan came, accuser came with them. They're all presenting themselves before the Lord each and every single day. Where have you come from, the Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. So here these heavenly hosts are, each and every single day, presenting things before the Lord. And we read in the, the book of Job how, how the Satan figure goes before the Lord and says, hey, his heart is only devoted to you because you have a protection over him. Lift that protection and he's going to turn away from you. Well, we find out that Job's a righteous man and that he stands firm in the test, right? So what I want you to see, and this is where we're taking a pivot right here is that this is going on on a daily basis. But you also have a part to play. And God listens to your prayers. God desires to hear your petitions. How do you want to see it play out because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you? Can I tell you that God desires to work and act with you? That we can't just be passively here on earth saying, Lord, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. God often asks his people that he desires to work with, what do you want? God's not just going to do everything that he will, wills and pleases, but he actually desires and wills and pleases to work through his people, you. That's why it's important that we get grounded in scripture, that we are not ignorant, but we understand what the Lord's will is so that we can pray his will on earth as it is in heaven. And this is, this is, in one passage of scripture, it, def, it, it, it describes this battle that is going on on a daily basis. It's Luke chapter 22, verse 31. This is where we're going as a church. You better get ready because we're about to, we kind of laid the foundation. That was all kind of the introduction. And this is the part, that was a 15-minute introduction, right? All right, so Luke chapter 22, 31. Simon, Simon, Jesus says, Satan has asked. What's he describing? He's describing a spiritual request. He's describing a throne room request. He's saying, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. 
He's describing something that is going on in the heavenly realms. God knows because his ears are attentive to what is happening in heaven. Jesus knows. He knows what Satan is requesting. But I have prayed. But I have asked for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. He says, Satan has asked, but I have asked. Satan has requested. Satan said, God, sift him as wheat. God, let me sift him as wheat. But Jesus is here saying, but I have asked. Can I tell you, Jesus is asking, so should we. Because the accuser is going throughout every single day. Going to the Lord. Saying, hey, don't let this happen. Hey, this isn't going to happen. Hey, I'm going to request this. Hey, this is going to happen. Satan sometimes goes before the Lord more than we do. Jesus says, but I have prayed. But I have prayed. Daniel, from the moment that you prayed, your prayer was answered. But the prince of Persia kept me. The kingdom of the prince of Persia kept me from coming. Simon. The devil has asked to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed that your faith would not fail. Can I tell you that just because someone asks, just because some kind of spiritual being asks, doesn't mean that it will happen. Because we have a part to play as well. And we're actually going to go to Isaiah chapter 6, and we see the response that we're called to have. Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah is having a vision. Isaiah is having a vision of the throne room of God. It says, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted seated on a throne. What is he seeing right now? He is in the throne room of heaven, the very same throne room that the devil was petitioning before the Lord to test David. The same throne room that the devil has asked to sift Simon Peter like wheat. Isaiah is on the, in the throne room, and he says, I see the Lord, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, two wings they covered their feet, and with two wings they were flying, and they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. He's describing the throne room that is being shaken on a daily basis. They're crying out, holy, holy, holy. The throne room is being shaken by the worship of the angels. You want to see God establish his throne on earth? It's about time that we start shaking up this land through the worship of his people. So he sees this happening, and it was filled with smoke. Next verse. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, so this is describing what was going on. He says, I see all this stuff, but then I heard. I heard Lord say, I heard the Lord say in his throne room to his heavenly court, whom shall I send and who will go for us? It sounds a lot like 1 Kings, doesn't it? Who will send out and entice Ahab? Right now God's talking to his heavenly court. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? He's talking like, hey, the people are turning their backs to the Lord. They're starting to seek these false gods. We need to establish a prophet to be able to help establish truth in the land again. So he's having this, this, this meeting with the heavenly court. And he says, who shall go for us? But then Isaiah says, then I said, 
here am I. Send me. Isaiah's in the throne room. In the spiritual throne room, Isaiah is now petitioning before the Lord. Who all petitions before the Lord? The spiritual beings, the heavenly host. Can I tell you, God also desires for us to petition before him. Even as physical beings, we are called through our prayers to petition before the Lord. Right? And we have access to his throne room because of Jesus. Jesus, it says, who can ascend to the mountain of the most high? Only he who has a pure heart and clean hands. Well, I can tell you today that we have pure hearts and clean hands by the power of the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So we have a heavenly high priest who, who can be touched. Right? So we can approach his throne. We read that in Hebrews chapter, six, verse four, chapter 4, verse 16. It says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So now we, as believers in Christ, are called to approach God's throne room. Have you ever asked to approach God's throne? Did you know that God desires that you do so? Isaiah interjects into the great assembly. He steps in the middle of it and says, here I am, Lord, send me. He's listening to what's happening in heaven. He's seeing what is happening in earth. And he stands in the middle of it and says, here I am, Lord, send me. Can I tell you that you have a part to play in this heavenly battle that is going on? The moment that you prayed, it was heard, but there's resistance. Sometimes we need to keep stepping into the throne room, keep petitioning before the Lord. All right, and I just have three more Longer, longer passages that I want to share with you today. That's the power of our prayer. Revelations 12.10 talks about how the defeating of the great dragon Satan is going to happen. It says, then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last, salvation and power in the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before our God. When? I can't hear you. When does that happen? Day and night. Day and night. He's before the Lord. Some of us go weeks without praying. And some of us only pray when we're in church. We wonder why we're weak at times. Right? Can I tell you it's important to get to the... Oh, to get before the Lord each and every single day. We're reading that passage, remember? Paul talks in Ephesians 6 how we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Right? And against, but against the forces of this dark world. Right? We read that right at the beginning. We've been reading that. And uh, I felt like we were going to go into the armor of God this week, but we're not. We're going to go into that July 2nd or maybe, maybe the weekend after that. You know, detailed into the armor of God. But then he closes it out with Ephesians 6, 18. So he says we wrestle against, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. And then he closes it out with this. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. He says, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should.
So the accuser of the, the brethren, the devil, the great dragon, goes before the Lord day and night. And Paul's saying, in this spiritual battle, one of the most important things we have, yes, the armor of God, but also pray all the time. So you're going before the Lord and saying, God, the devil has asked for this city. Now, if you hear something specifically, then by all means, bring that before the Lord, right? For me to say, hey, I believe that the devil has asked for this city to have a spirit of godliness, but denying the power thereof. God, I believe that the devil is trying to work in, in and through this city to give it a spirit of complacency and lukewarmness. God, but I have prayed that you would light a fire under this city. God, under this church, that the church of Omaha would rise up, would be strengthened, and when it is strengthened, that it will strengthen the cities around it. God, I know that the devil wants the people of this city, but I have prayed that that would not be so. But I have prayed. I want to ask you, church, to know the power of your prayers, to enter God's throne room with confidence, knowing that he hears us. What did Jesus say in John chapter 11? Lord, I thank you that you hear me, that you always hear me. But I haven't seen the answer to my prayer yet. The moment that you prayed, Daniel, your prayers were answered. But, so keep praying. Humble yourself. Keep seeking the Lord. God hears your prayers. And God is answering them. Keep asking for them. Keep requesting for them. Until my dying breath, I will keep on praying. Just yesterday, we were praying down at the Jean Leahy Mall. I mean, we had around 80 people or so there. I don't know. I didn't count. 60-something. Thank you. Someone counted, right? And I can tell you how proud I was as a pastor to see these people praying. All right? So we, we led the prayer in a moment initially and, and uh, kind of for the first 20 minutes, and then we kind of left it open. Hey, as the Holy Spirit speaks to you some things, and all these different things were being brought before God's throne room through his people, and I saw some people step out that are fighters. I'm like, man, you're a fighter. You know how to pray, right? Like, I asked it. That's the first time I've ever prayed like that. That's the first time I ever prayed in a group like that. Really? Well, I want to tell you, you guys all did a great job. Right? There was one guy, he stepped up. His name's Kyle. Kyle's a football player. Right? So Kyle's a football player. And you can tell he's a football player by the way he prays. And he's going to God with boldness. And I'm not talking about all about the loudness of your voice. That doesn't matter. I'm talking about the posture of your heart that knows I am a child of God. And my Father hears my prayers. Tell you what, there is nothing that, even if I'm in the middle of a crowd, if I hear one of my kids yell, Papa, my ear immediately is attentive to his prayer, to his crying out. I could be in the middle of a concert. We could have worship going. We could have, I could be in the middle of a crowded area. But if I hear my little girl, one of them, yell, Papa, I'm like taken right out of it. Sorry, got to go. I hear one of my kids calling my name because I know their voice. What does 2 Chronicles 7 say? 
He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and what? Pray. What did Daniel say? What did the angel say to Daniel? The moment that you chose to humble yourself and prayed, your prayer was answered. He says, humble themselves and pray. Seek my face. Devotion to the Lord. Turn from your wicked ways. That's repentance. That's acknowledging what is holy and what is unholy. And when you sin, to be able to say, Lord, I messed up. I've done messed up, Lord. Your ways are higher than my ways. And I'm in the wrong and you're in the right. He says, and I will forgive their sin. Oh, I missed the most important part. Then I will hear from heaven. What's the message called? I will hear from heaven. He hears from heaven things that are on earth. And the only things that are asking from earth is you and me. Let's stand to our feet. Let's leave that verse up there. It says, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. He says, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. And I know that's talking about the temple of God, but I know it also talks about the people of God. Which one of you, if you cry out to the Lord, thinks that he won't hear you? He hears you. This is my personal theology that I believe is rooted in Scripture. Some may disagree with this, but I believe that God not only desires to use you, this, don't get caught up in the word need because God doesn't need anything, but he does need you to enact his will here on earth. We can see that through some passages where Jesus says, didn't do many miracles because of their lack of faith, right? I believe that God needs his people to wake up, to rise up, to lift up prayers before the Lord because he's got the devil coming day and night. These spiritual forces are coming before him day and night, and he's crying. God's sitting there going, where's my church? And he's sitting there, I'm hearing all these things of what should happen. God, destroy him. God, do this. God, do that. God, I'm hearing all these things. Where's my church? Whom shall we send? And I hear God. I hear him saying, whom shall we send? Saying, where's my church? Let's rise up. Let's be a church that raises our voice, that calls before the Lord, not just this week, but each and every single week from here on out. Let's be a church that knows how to pray. Let's be a church that knows how to get before the throne room of God. Each and every single week we pray. We pray on Tuesday morning at men's prayer. We pray on Friday morning at City Girl Prayer. We pray not even on those times, but we need to be a church that prays all the time. We have pre-service prayer here, 820, every single Sunday, welcoming the presence of God, calling out to the Lord that his ways are higher than our ways, that his will would be done right here at Ralston High School as it is in heaven. We are a praying church. We're not a church that prays. We are a praying church. And I want to encourage you, the power of your prayer, this is my last, last little snippet, and then we're going to pray. Amen. I'm going to have uh, Danny, Danny, wherever you're at, I want Danny to come up here too, and uh, I'm going to have Hannah. Hannah, I want you to come up here. We're going to pray. We're going to close service out just a little bit different here today. Um, with this new revelation 
of where we're going as a church and the power of our prayer, we're going to approach this throne room with boldness and confidence. Those things you've been calling out to God for, and I tell you, it's not about the level of your prayer. You don't have to yell, hey, God willing, if it's there and you need to take some, you need to take some stance, by all means, go ahead. But it's our heart. It's a revelation that we know that God hears us. Uh, I'm going to start in prayer, and then uh, um, we're, we're going to pray. Hannah, I want you to pray over that word, that vision that you had over here, the sound. And Danny, I want you to pray, um, I feel a rumbling happening, and I want you to pray for that. Um, kind of even as Hannah had a vision over here, the sound, and, and uh, you described it once before, but just in brief detail, describe it again uh, before you pray. And uh, when Hannah starts praying, I want this place to erupt and roar. And then we're going to close out after Danny. We're going to close out, come awake in this city, and then we're going to pray over you guys, give some announcements, and then uh, we'll be on our way today. So quick, share that. we got about eight minutes here. Um, so when we had a City Girl event uh, outreach downtown, I stayed back and um, prayed over the women, prayed over our city. Um, and I had a, a vision of the, the brick streets downtown, if you've been to the old market. And I, I just like, I felt like the, like there's just deep chains and like things that have gone way back generation from generation. And I saw the streets like rippling, you know how like, and I saw God like take the streets like you would a rug to go outside and like clean it out, take the dust off. I saw like like this, like the the it just rippling. Like I saw the streets, the brick streets just rippling. Um, and as they were rippling, like the chains were just breaking, like gone, just gone. Um, so that's yeah, and it just what I saw happening downtown. So. God, I thank you um, for your power. I thank you that you go before us, Father. I thank you that the enemy has lost all power. Father, I thank you that the power from heaven is coming here to Omaha. Lord, I thank you that the chains that have um, been prevalent, the, the chains that have once held all control, the chains that have um, had the final decision-making, God, are, are no more. I thank you, Lord, that you are taking Omaha and you are shaking it out like a rug, God. You are taking the old and getting rid of it. You're taking the, the dust and you're getting rid of it. You're taking... Um, the things that were dead and, and left, God, on the, on the ground, God, you are taking it and you are bringing Omaha back to life. God, you, the chains that have once held Omaha in sin have held them in bondage, um, that you're rewriting the story. Omaha is no longer going to be known for a, a hot spot for sex trafficking, Father. Omaha is going to be known as a, as a city of freedom. God, where those who are enslaved can come to find freedom and be set free, God, and find refuge. Lord, I thank you that um, Omaha is no longer going to be known um, for the darkness and the sin, but God, you are bringing life, that you are awakening your people, God, to the things of your world, of your word. God, I thank you that you are um, reigniting a fire within our souls, God, one that has been put out or dimmed. God, that you are reigniting, and I thank you that the enemy's schemes and plans are being stopped right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that you are giving us the shield, God, to, to put out those fiery arrows, Lord, and I thank you that the, the arrow by day and the pestilence by night will no longer be bothering Omaha, Father, but you are um, putting an armor on the people of Omaha, God. I thank you that you are breaking chains, Father, that you are releasing right now 
in the spirit, Father, that you are releasing, and we're gonna see it come to fruition through your people, in your people, Father, that Omaha's gonna be known as a bright beacon of light for this country. God, I believe it. We're the heart of the we're the heart of the country, Father, that you're gonna bring it back to life. That those ripples are not gonna stop at the at the brick streets of downtown, but those ripples are gonna continue through Nebraska, God, through the Midwest, through this country, Father, that you're bringing Omaha back to life. You're taking a, a dead heart, Father, and you are bringing it back to life. We thank you. And God, prophetically, we can see a rumbling happening throughout Omaha, Nebraska, throughout the Midwest, God, throughout this nation. God, prophetically, we can see a, a turbulence that is beginning to happen in the spiritual realm. So just like Elisha prayed, God, I pray that you would open up our eyes right now in Jesus' name so that we can see the fire of heaven falling. We declare that the gates of heaven are opening up over Omaha, Nebraska, in Jesus' name. That God, your presence, that your presence is pouring out and a great awakening is happening in this nation. God, prophetically, we declare as my city church that the embers of revival will be carried throughout all local churches. God, that it's not going to be something we talk about, but God, it's going to be something that we be about. So may your presence fall. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If this message encouraged you, help us get the word out. Consider sharing it with a friend, rating, or subscribing. If you want to know more about our church, check out our website at mycitychurch.cc or our Instagram at mycitycentral. We look forward to sharing another encouraging word with you next week. God bless.